Hello, ladies and gents. Welcome to episode 28 of the Messy Truths Podcast. Woo-hoo. This is Mark. Hey, I'm coming to you from Montreal. Your oh turn, Nish. Yeah, it's Nish. Nish. Nish is tired today, hailing from Kanakahage, middle child issues today. <laughs> but, you know, working it out slowly but surely. What's going on down south, Oz? This is Azar, recording from New York City. And I am excited about today's topic, ladies, because I feel like sometimes we don't celebrate ourselves enough. And I think today is a day of celebration and complaints. Let's just call it what it is. Celebration and complaints. Got a few things to iron out. A few things. I mean... Right? I mean, March is the the month of women, yes. correct? And women's, so, women's month, yep. Women's month. And so because of that, I think we want to talk a little bit about women. And what in specifically, ladies? What women want. What uh, women want. What women want men to know about them. Things you we're we're about to give some our male listeners um, some some hacks when it comes and to some female listeners and, and some, some female trans listeners, listeners. yeah yes, yep. all of the listeners we want to give all you the guys, listeners right and I think we all I mean we have like every reason to be talking about this because all three of it three of us are women we identify as women. We've had the female experience in various areas of our lives. And really, that's about as much as we're bringing to the table when it comes to (laughs) (laughs) when it comes to expertise. So please, everything we say, please take with a grain of salt. Although there is some research to back us up, but it's real light, real like Google style research. So let's just just keep it real. All right. Life hacks. Life hacks. Actually, I'd like to start by saying. This is a serious tip, listener. So my apologies. You know, I was always bringing that serious part sometimes. One, I want to say, because it's Women's Month, I definitely want to give our platform. No, what am I trying to say? I want to take our platform for a moment to highlight missing and Indigenous women who are still missing to this day and racialized women who are still missing across the world and our WNBA woman player who is still missing to this day out in uh, i forget where i don't remember i'm gonna look it up but you know the, these are you mean like, in these russia folks Brittany yeah Reiner? she's still missing she's still yeah. missing and for, for all the people out there who are not aware their wnba player Brittany griner is currently um imprisoned in russia there was a, she was alleged to have had some um, cannabis oil in a vaping product that she had oh, in her no. in her luggage. Now it's alleged because you're talking about this news coming from the authorities or the people in Russia, the same country who are currently invading Ukraine, and we and are actually like peddling propaganda for their own citizens. We don't know whether these charges are actually real or not. We don't know if they're true. We don't know. We don't know what sort of credibility there is behind this. But nevertheless, for, there's all this like, you know, support for white Britney Spears. And I'm not I'm not dismissing the severity of her conservatorship. I think that that is like pretty unfortunate, her situation that she endured. But this is a different Britney. This is a black woman a woman who was part of the LGBTQ plus community and who felt that she had the, had the, I mean, it, it was her job. She went over to Russia to play basketball. That's where she works when she's not playing basketball, you know, during regular season in North America. The fact that you're not paid enough as a female athlete is another reason why the show is so, is so important. So Yes, I agree with you, Nisha. Definitely important to highlight that that story. Yeah, I just wanted to take that moment because like there are people out there who are in Canada and Edmonton who are dragging the river trying to find their their loved ones. And there's a, a their an mothers, I their follow. sisters, their aunties, daughters, aunties, yeah, daughters, cousins. everybody. Yeah. And I also follow um, an Instagram about black and uh, missing black women, uh, also an under 
undervalued society, a group of, a group of people in society who when they go missing, people don't really highlight it. So yeah, yeah I just got to bring that up because we are talking about women and oftentimes this is not highlighted nearly enough that folks are missing. People mm-hmm. are missing. Somebody gave birth to somebody who's missing. So uh, this yeah. is imp- it's important. So on that note, I hate high heels. That's my first beef with being a girl. The expectations <laughs> that a dude or a woman thinks I should I wear high heels. Fuck high heels. I don't like them. They're created by men. I don't care how they look. My calves look. I don't care if Sarah Jessica Bar- Parker wears them in Sex and City. I don't like heels. That's it. I don't think I should learn to walk in them. I think they're evil. And that's my beef with being a girl. And not for nothing, I already told you, I look like a baby giraffe when I wear heels. (laughs) Like, I am not cute in heels. I mean, do I like the way they make my legs look? Sure. Do they lift my butt up? Absolutely. Do they? That's what they do? I look crazy when I wear them. I literally am wobbly. I don't feel good. My feet hurt. That shit is just unnatural, B. Like, that's how I, I feel about them. Yeah, I'm not in it. I'm not in it at all. Mar, are you down with the heels? Uh, here and there. On a normal day, I personally would not like heels. Um, but I think it, it depends on the outfit, depends on the situation. Um, they hurt my feet too, but sometimes I'm willing to go through the pain in order to endure it. Um, but, you know. It, it's subjective. Everybody feels differently about it. If you want to feel girly, girly, and the heels are part of your uh, your outfit, do what you need to do. Yeah, Yo, but I, I feel how about, what, What's up? How what? about I looked it up, and ancient Iran was the first known example of high heels. It'd be your own people. It'd be your own people. And it's the Persian army that wore the heels. To the males. Yeah. I'm really with it. Wow. Good for you. I mean, yeah, I mean, okay, but apparently that's 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 where it started. And I don't know if Google's just skewing this because I'm Iranian, but this is what I've come <laughs> up with. And that I mean, we never know. And and there's been plenty of men that we've seen in in the public eye that have worn heels, right? My favorite of all time, Prince, was like a huge mm-hmm. uh, heels wearer, Absolutely. right? He also wore leather pants with the butt cheeks missing, but that's a totally different style. <laughs> I think um, E.J. Johnson wears them too. Magic Johnson's and Cookie Johnson's son. Yeah, he probably yeah, does. Yeah, I think yeah. so too. There's a lot of men who do that. A lot of men who do that. So, um, but nevertheless, look, we've got. Um, okay, let's let's go through some facts here. Women feel feel pain more acutely than men do. I totally agree with that. We go through having periods every month. Well, most of us do. Uh, We go through a lot. Pain-wise, we go through a lot. And I I found in my experience that there are a lot of men that cannot take pain the way that women do. Oz, you've given birth. Let's talk about (laughs) labor pain real quick. Yeah. (laughs) Because, and mind you, I got an epidural. I got an epidural late in the game with Kane, but I got an epidural. I don't know how women do it without that shit. But, I mean... I don't think I have ever felt pain like that ever. And I haven't broken any bones, but I've had some significant injuries. And I just remember telling my son's father at the time that, like, I refused to go through another contraction. I was like, I don't care what you're going to do. I'm not going to have another contraction because I am not bearing the pain of another contraction. It was the most illogical thing to think at the time, but I was like, I'm not doing another one. I'm just not fucking doing it. When you're in a lot of pain, there's a lot of crazy things that come out of your mouth. But not only that, why is it anybody's choice whether you decide you want an epidural or not? Bitch, you are not pushing out another human being. So you have no say. And no. Oh, no, it was it was absolutely my say. I was just waiting. Exactly. I, I was just waiting to get it. But but then when I wanted it, it just didn't come fast enough. And I just refused to go through. I was just like, no, I didn't know. No, I need the epidural now because I'm not doing that again. It was super painful. But when you say women go through pain more acutely, do you just mean we experience pain more than men do or that we feel pain more than men do? Do you understand my question? Mm. Like. Are you saying yeah. men have a higher tolerance? Because men do not have a higher tolerance. No, we <laughs> have right? a higher tolerance for pain okay, than men do. Have, okay, Physically, cool, we cool. do. We do have a higher tolerance for, for pain. Yeah. So technically, we are stronger than men are. Yeah. I mean, we are. Yeah. What can I tell you? Um, well, 
I had kidney stones and kidney stones is equated with giving birth. And I had it not once, not twice. I had it three times. And I'll tell you, I, those of you who are from Montreal might know something called Buffalo Bills. The last time I had kidney stones, (laughs) it was me and Buffalo Bills and the vomit was real. I will never eat Buffalo Bills again. Actually, the guy thought I was drunk because I was puking outside of my brother's car on the car side door because kidney stones is like can be as small as a grain in salt and will tear your ass up, Mm. tear your ass up. And I had it not once, twice, but like I said, three times. And I've been kidney stone free for about five years when I even think that pain is coming. I get ready. I'm like, oh, no, oh, no, no. Oh, my. That's terrible. And I've heard it's the same as giving birth. Like, it's that painful. Damn. Wow. I can't even imagine. Is uh, it as bad as a cluster headache? Because a cluster headache's pretty bad. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I don't it's know. I'd have to ask. I'd have to ask my Google. Or getting an IUD inserted inside of you. Oh. In your reproductive no. system. Yeah. Oh. It's, uh, oh, no. it's pretty rough, no. too. That's another thing. Let's talk about that. Like women have to go through contraception. And Although, men, did you see that they now have a birth control pill for men? Or I'm with it. Out? I'm with it. Like I'm with it. Take it. Take it. Take it. I just feel like part of the responsibility should be on the men. You know, the yes, absolutely. You, you have oh, the yeah. option of um, you know, undergoing surgery for like a vasectomy and so forth. But that shouldn't be the only option. Women have tons of contraceptive options, right? But men yeah. have like maybe just a handful. <laughs> and yeah, I feel like they're this, not focused on it. Yeah. And like I feel like focused on them getting a company focused. getting behind such a product for men is definitely what's needed right now. Yeah, so the onus isn't solely on, on the women. Um, I agree with that. And if you know, uh, just a fun fact, my gynecologist is a male. I actually really like him. I'm with him. I've been with him for many years. But a lot of their, at one point, female gynecologists were stonewalled in the profession, in that specialty of medicine. So my question is, who understands your body better? The person who experiences it with you or the person who hypothesizes on what's going on? So my gynecologist specialist is a woman. And whenever we talk about my beloved gynecologist, who I love, we kind of laugh with each other because we're like, man, he don't understand what's going on over there. So, but for a long time, women, women, lady parts, periods, birth, all of that was dominated by male doctors. And I find that so interesting well, there's also the fact that a lot, once upon a time, women were considered not intelligent enough to harbor that amount of information to be doctors, Boo. right? Boo! That's what I say. My gynecologist is also a male, and he birthed most of my children. He was like, I don't know, on vacation or something when I had the last one. But um, I totally feel you, and I never even looked at it that in that perspective, but I know that it looks like the trend is moving back towards midwives and like, you know, having women who, women a who can actually understand and experience yeah. a doula who can, ex- who, who can, um, em- empathize with you and, and can, you know, feel the things that you're feeling or at least share that experience with you. I mean, it makes sense to me. Um, and speaking about that, let's talk about wage disparity. This is a big one for me because, yo, you guys are going to be blown away by these numbers. I cannot <laughs> even believe it because in 2020, the research that was done in the United States says that the gender pay gap is holding steady and that women are earning 84% of what men earn just in general. And now when you break this down into different industries it's even worse um listen to the pay gap the pay disparity at just two music companies and i focused on music because this is obviously my intro my industry the pay gap at spotify is 15 percent. the pay gap at live nation is 34 percent what a gap yes the pay gap between men and women at these two companies and some of the labels i know that there was some research done um, in 
the UK. I don't know if this research was also done in the United States, but yo, when I tell you at Universal Music Group in the UK, women are paid 29.2% less than men. At Warner, it's 30%. And at Sony, it's 25.4%. But the shit gets ridiculous when it comes to bonuses. Bonuses, ladies, that's a little bit more subjective. Universal Music Group paid women 49.6% less than men. Warner, 65.6%. And Sony Music, 50.4% less than men for bonuses. Sony, you tripping, Sony. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That's it's not wild. crazy. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. I mean, come on. It's 2022. You know, we're... We're showing and proving some of, like, the biggest corporations are run by women. One who I mentioned um, the other day, the CEO of PepsiCo. What's her name? I don't want to mispronounce her name. But, um, I mean, she basically ran this company for years. And not only is she a woman, but she's also a minority woman. Mm -hmm. Let me find her name for everybody. And I believe she migrated from India, which is just... Amazing. I love recognizing, you know what I mean? People, um, women, minority women who especially migrated into, you know, the United States or a European, whatever country and are rocking and rolling. And killing the game. Mm -hmm. Yep. So. I'm still disturbed on the 50%. Indra Nui. And she was she was the, the CEO of Pepsi up until 2017. She killed that shit. That's disturbing. That's disturbing. So, but you see, so let me get this straight. Let's let's break this down for listeners. Made me take my glasses off. So women are valued for being able to birth, but if we work, our value goes down. I, I, I don't even understand that whole logic in my head. I don't understand that logic. I really don't understand that logic. But what I think would be really great is if there were more courses available for women on how to negotiate, you know, Mm. especially negotiating um, higher pay. I feel like... um, you know, in, in terms of the career area, there's a lot of start and stop with women. You know, you're starting out your career and then it stops because of, you know, maybe medical issues or having to deal with um, raising your family. Raising um, your family. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's difficult because you're trying to find that perfect balance between pursuing your career, but also taking care of, of kids. And the reality is that unless you have a husband who is active and very much involved outside of his own job and in the family, it's going to be kind of difficult. You know, it's not like I I say this from like a from a Caribbean angle, like, you know, in the Caribbean, you have a lot of um, help. You've got an auntie, you've got a, a granny, you've got a bunch of people who are available to assist you with childcare and so forth. And unfortunately, in North America, that is not always the situation that people are dealing with. It's being able to have that time um, or have the, the help to take care of your child. If it's not anyone else helping you, then it's you. And so, you know, this, this is a challenge for a lot of women who are coping with finding the right way to manage carrying on with your career while also looking after the kids and being able to have that respect from your own employers and making sure that they compensate you properly and give you compensation, not just in the form of, um, you know, a higher salary, which you do deserve, you do deserve more money, but it's also, compensation in the form of flexibility with regard to your schedule and being able to take the days necessary for doctor's appointments or when your Mm -hmm. child gets sick or, you know, when there's other things associated with the caring of your, of your child, that is a reality. You have to do that. And I think we just need to get to a point in our society where more companies intentionally and consciously um, incorporate some more support in those areas for, um, for their, (laughs) Uh, workers 
Mar, you touched on some great points. Sorry, Nisha, but even just maternity leave alone, right? I mean, if Mm -hmm. you think about the concept of maternity leave, in the United States, up until just recently, I believe maternity leave was six weeks of short-term disability. Is that what it is? That I have a baby and now I am disabled disabled. Yeah, it's not. I was just going to say it's not a disability. <laughs> like, what why. are you ta- what are you saying here? Basically, <laughs> disability? Basically, basically because I'm not available to work for 6 weeks in postpartum. 6 weeks is nothing. That child yeah. is still an a newborn infant at 6 <laughs> weeks when women are expected to return to work. And it's just you know, and now I see that, you know, the larger corporations, the companies are doing, I mean, Live Nation, for example, is giving six months, I think, maternity. Live maternity Nation is leave. also paying 54% less. I don't know <laughs> yes. what's going on there. I'm yes. just saying, though, I, but, the, you know, companies are starting to kind of chip in versus Canada. I think in Canada, you guys, I think Canada generally gets year. six months. At no, a year. a year. At, Actually, well, it, let me. It, it, it depends yeah, on, on where you On live. your profession. In, oh, for really? All, for all of its faults here in Quebec, um, mothers are offered a one-year maternity leave, yeah. and they have the ability to extend it several months yeah. if needed. It doesn't mean that they will get compensated for those additional months, but they can do that if they can afford to and want to. And so, but is the one year at full pay? Yeah, well, not necessarily. Uh, no, no, it's not. It's a it's decrease not. of pay, right? Yeah, I so. Think, I think it's at like 75% of your salary, uh, six months, um, up to the, the date that you need to, um, you need to be on maternity leave. Is it six months or is it six to 12 months? Well, I know for, so it's a, it's different in professions too. I wonder if it's because teachers are heavily in female dominated, but yo, know, there's some teachers odds I haven't seen in years because they'd be birthing. Like I literally yeah, I haven't seen for <laughs> years. So normally, so teachers also get preventative leave. Like with COVID, we have two of our teachers who are out at full pay because it's not their fault that they don't know if COVID will hurt their child or not. So they're out. Mm-hmm. They're off for a year and they can extend, but that's not at any pay but the first year i believe it's like 75 percent for the year for that's teachers right right? so yeah i suppose that's one good thing happening in quebec i'll give yeah the the 75 the 75 percent i think is standard across the province so you know you're that's how much you're earning of your um salary that you were paid and and here's the other thing you cannot be fired when you go back you cannot what do you mean what if, if you do a shitty job? Then if you, if you do too. a crappy job, that's different. But the person you cannot fire the you cannot fire the mother for leaving because um, she's her pregnant. Job oh, because protected. she's pregnant. Oh, I see what you're or saying. Or while she's on maternity leave or afterwards. I mean, there has to be a really good reason. Did the company go bankrupt? Are you laying off? Are you downsizing? That's different. But you got to have a really good reason for letting go of of, uh, the person who's on maternity leave. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Interestingly enough, you know, when the pandemic hit and everybody was forced to work from home, and this is how you know that no matter how much the man provides in a household, the brunt of the responsibility is on the woman. Um, Mm -hmm. So women... Only 37% of women said that they had positive work from home experience during the pandemic, while 79% of men (laughs) said that they had positive work from home experience. And I wonder why that is. And there were a lot of memes. I don't know if you guys saw, but there were so many cartoons and memes of the man sitting at a home office, you know, chilling, kicked up, chilling, drinking his coffee, taking his meetings while the mom had like kids climbing on top of her, you know, one hand on a computer, the other hand cooking. I mean, the shit is just not fair. It's a lot. It's just not. It's just definitely a lot. It's just not equal. And there's a lot of people who are more accepting of that happening to a woman as opposed to the man. You know, there's a lot of double standards that we can definitely touch on this episode. You know, that is one of them that it's perfectly okay for men to 
not or or people expecting that men are just not going to care for the kids during the work from home situation as much as the women are and that's like just widely you know accepted or status quo and it's like <laughs> clearly something needs to change there you know Right. And, yeah. I, and it's just, it's not even necessarily with children. I mean, the double standard exists in, in all areas between, you know, those, these two individuals in the household, right? I've gone through that myself. I've accepted that I'm going to be the cook. I am the chef. I am the housekeeper. I clean, I cook, I do all of those things. I'm the one who's doing everything in addition to the other right. stuff that I've got to do. So I can only imagine how a mom must feel, you know? Now imagine just as, as women entered the workforce, right? We started sharing the workforce labor with men. But nothing changed in terms of the domestic labor. That's not being shared equally by, by men with yeah. us. And that's, inter- that's, the, that's a very interesting change that happened once women started entering the workforce is that, yes, now we're sharing the responsibility of the workforce with men, but men are not necessarily sharing the responsibility of that of housework with women. So it, it's it not just housework, but it's also driving your child to the daycare or bringing them right. to school or, you know, attending games and going to different meetings with teachers. <laughs> I mean, Nisha, you're the teacher. You're how making many, my how uterus fathers, hurt. <laughs> how many fathers do you see coming not a to lot. parent-teacher well, meetings? I mean, over the years, it's gotten better. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's usually the mothers who are quite, oh, I hate to say this and throw the moms under the bus, but usually they're the ones who are a bit hysterical, like either, what are you doing to my kid? Oh my God. Or what can we do? The fathers sit there like, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. You don't hear too much participation. Um, but over the years, I've met some brilliant fathers, right? Like, who are are really in it, but is it a, but you see, I'm coming from a different perspective with the childcare now, because I've got three men in my life who have interesting, volatile relationships with the mother of their children. And sometimes we don't make it easy to access the kid. And so I think sometimes uh, dads make a different decision that we don't consider the decision because the narrative is like, you're no good. You're not in your child's life. Nah, nah, nah. But there's some shitty ass women out there. There are. There oh, are. Absolutely. There, there are. Some very toxic women and like, out there. Yeah. I see. I seen it. Right. Like, I, I don't want to call any names because this is a local show, but I have three friends in particular who I'm like, yo, your baby mom needs a slap. Like, was the vagina really worth it? Because, yo, you're not cool. Like, I often tell parents, like, your children don't belong to you. They're yours for a certain time. So treat them well. And that means having both parents involved. As I mean, unless one parent is like, you know, violent or abusive or sexually abusing them in some way. But ultimately, kids do well when they have the uh, when they have a good amount of people who got their back. And that's 20 yeah. years, right? Like, some of the best students I've seen, it's when they have a village around them, right? And the gender doesn't matter. But I have to say to folks, and I, I don't want this to come off wrong, but you need both sexes present in a child's life. You don't like, you need it. They need that balance. It doesn't mean you have to be in a heterosexual relationship, but surround your kids with people with different people because they mm-hmm. need it. They need it. Like, the things that come out of their mouth sometimes in class, I'm like, oh, clearly you <laughs> haven't been around somebody. But yeah, I mean, even I teach sex ed, right? And so the things that girls say, self-identified girls say versus self-identified males, I'm like, what are you talking about? Like the way certain dudes picture sex at a young age and the way women picture sex at a young age, man, that's bad. It's really bad. Like, I don't like they just, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a bad thing. It's a bad thing. Well, so it I was is. gonna I was gonna say we we can get into that aspect of you know sexuality and sexual education. Um 
I just find that, you know, there needs to be a little grace for a lot of the, the young people out there under the age of 18, maybe even a little bit over the age of 18, because they're working with what has been given to them, you know? Exactly. And I think what you brought up is a really important point that it, it does take a village to raise a child, right? You don't just need the mother. You also need the father. You need multiple figures in this child's life in order for them to get all of the tools, the resources, the emotional intelligence and maturity in order to grow up and have be a functioning adult. Try to be a normal functioning adult. But in, yeah. the, in terms of sexual knowledge, it's a lot of kids that are operating off of the same things that we did, which is lack of conversation with their parents, or they're getting it from like uh, porn. Hand information. Mm-hmm. They're getting I, I, it from I'm, porn. You know. Speaking of, you know, our lovely, our lovely guest Charlene. I was watching Married for Sight. All of you know, I'm a big fan of reality TV, and Olajuwon, who's one of the this season's episode, he's married to Katina. Yo, when I see this dude on screen, I want to slap him. The way he talks about women, like his wife, he talks about her like, I don't think you're up to my standards. And he'll say it, like his hand movements. You're not up to my standards. Like, I want a partner who cooks and cleans and has got my back. And I'm like, who told you this shit? And that's the kind of thing that perpetuates, even in my own, like, I love my husband, but I, I leave garbage outside of our door. I do it on purpose. I can take my ass in the elevator and bring the garbage down. But just because I get home earlier or just because I work from home does not mean that I should teach children who make me crazy despite loving them, work with clients, do podcasts, clean, cook, make the bed, do the life. No, no. And be a sex machine. And be a sex machine, which that part I enjoy. But (laughs) <laughs> no, no. So but in I order literally... for you to be in order for you to be the optimal sex machine, you need I'm help tired. in other areas. Yeah, exactly. And maybe this is the first piece of advice we can offer to, you know, some of our listeners out there. If Don't you're do inter- Yeah, if, if you're interested in having more of that intimacy, you've got to figure out why your wife or your or your girlfriend is not interested or is too tired. It's because she really is tired. It's because she's trying to balance and juggle all of these other aspects of her life. And And, it's really difficult to do that when you've worked a nine to five, if that is your work shift. Um, When you have done that, when you're trying to also look after the kids, when you're also managing um, laundry and cleaning and trying to do a whole bunch of other domestic responsibilities, and that's not even including the other stuff that has to be done outside of the house, you know? And so it's a lot. It's a lot. And it can And on top of it, we gaslight ourselves, right? So I consider myself pretty, pretty feminist, pretty woke, whatever. But I also have a mom who took care of us really well. That wasn't a gender thing. That was my mom saying she took care of us. And I found myself and and there's some women who are like, I love to take care of my husband. Don't get me twisted. I love taking care of my husband. But I don't have to do it. I choose to do it. And if I choose to stop doing that, I don't want you getting your boxers in a twist. Like that's my choice. I like people ask me all the time, well, Nisha, you're so self-empowered, but you often follow your husband's lead. Yeah. I choose to follow Mm -hmm. his lead. If the choice he's offering makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. Right. It's not, oh, I follow his lead because that's my husband. No, no, no. That was never me. I found a man who's worthy for me to put my trust in. But that does not mean that you should feel like this is my obligation, right? These are my choices. These are my acts of my husband's love language is acts of service. So I understand that's his love language. But my love language is quality time. So you've got to balance. If I do acts of service or some of them, you got to do some of them to give me the quality time. You got to understand how that game goes. So like I said, 
tons of recycling, just waiting for him to come home <laughs> outside of the door. But I'll do everything else, right? I got your lunch ready for the week. Your dinner is done. Clothes yeah. are full. Like, but you got to do the laundry. I hate laundry, by the way. I hate it. And I hate recycling. So you work out, you work out a deal with your partner. That's what it comes down to. Like you mentioned this guy on the reality TV show, Married at First Sight. Oh, he if, if he wants a wife who is more of a domestic goddess, that's his right. He has he has every right to ask. For but that. it's also he puts the worth of a woman in that. That's the issue. Okay, he needs a little bit of education, but I'm <laughs> saying that for now, he, that's what he wants. This is what he desires based on how he was brought up. There's nothing wrong with wanting that if that is where you place value in your partner. You just need to make sure that you get the partner that is on the same page as you when it comes to those things. Because there are women out there. I've had this discussion many times with other women that um, not everyone is be a homemakers. career person. Not everyone is a career person. Not everyone is a homemaker. You need to find the right woman who's willing to work with you and on a long-term basis on how you want to proceed with that. But I mean, it's kind of like, um, um, it's just, it's just kind of like, you just got to figure out what you want to do with your partner. You need to have a conversation, yeah. with them, you know? I think the problem is too, as I was trying to say, we gaslight ourselves, right? Like there's this thought in our head, like, this is what a woman does, right? And this is, you know, what a wife does. And this is what a partner does. And that's something else that I think is really fucked up for women, right? Like, we you don't have to put any pressure on us people because women do that we shit do themselves yeah. between you know i remember oz was talking about the filtering and i was like really like y'all don't see oz but to me my oz is mad cute she's a beautiful girl so i was like why would she filter but i get it right because the industry tells us that this is what beauty looks like, right? And it's very Eurocentric. It's very Western. It doesn't incorporate femininity or different types of femininity. Um, you know, I watch a lot of Korean shows. They have their own standard of beauty too. I watch a lot of these different shows and I think everyone's got their standard, but it always involves women competing against each other, right? There's no encouragement for women to be like, yo, you look good, sis, you know, like, and you know, they don't do that. So that's something that I find really interesting. Like we gaslight ourselves if we're not taking care of the, our things that it's expected of us to take care of. Or that question that people ask me, like my mom, I love her, but she says, you really just don't want kids. Why is that a big deal? Like, why is it because my only function in life, my only celebrity, my only legacy is to have children? It's a very interesting um, pressure. Even before I got married, people were like, oh, you got your PhD. That's great. When are you getting married? Yo, do you know how hard it is to get a PhD? Do you know how many yeah. hours I had to write? How much drinking I did? It was a lot of work. <laughs> it was. It was a lot of work. I love my husband but he could never share his last name on my PhD live. Never. You did not write that. It did not come from your brain cells. You did not get a brain muscle spaz from that. I did. That's my accomplishment. And I didn't become even more valuable after I got married. I was already valuable from the moment I decided Before, yeah. I was valuable. Amen. Right? So yeah. it's very, I love to hear it. but we gaslight ourselves a lot, a lot. So. Women, not only ourselves, though, this society definitely helps. Society oh, yeah. pushes the narrative on us all the time. Like, you know, what it means to be a, a whole woman and what exactly. that means to be attached to, like, a successful man and to have kids and to, you know, hold down family and blah, 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 blah. But I will tell you, listening to you guys, I learned a lot just now. And one thing that I've been doing entirely wrong my whole life is that if a man didn't do something the way that I wanted it to be done, I would just fucking do it. And guess what happens? Guess what happens? You keep you doing it stuff. yourself. You keep doing it. Yeah. You you own it now. It's all yours. It's a pat. They took the fucking pass and fucking ran with it. They're like, oh, okay. And it's easy to learn from that behavior. Like, hey, let me just not do it her way. And then that bitch is going to get the whole thing done. And literally, this has been my exact error 
probably in every single relationship. Like, yo, if I don't like the way you're washing dishes, move out the way. I'm going to wash those dishes. If move, I don't like the way bitch, you clean. Get out right, the way. But guess who ends up washing all the motherfucking dishes at yeah. the end? Yeah, yeah. I, I've been Play in that myself. boat as well. I'm the same way. I'm I'm the exact same way. I asked you once. I asked you twice. Don't tell me to ask you nicely. I done asked you twice. <laughs> nice was before twice, baby. Yes, yes. And now I'm doing it. Now I'm handling it. Yeah. So fun fact to get out of our moans and groans. <laughs> Men and women see color differently. This is so Ooh. dope. So I was checking out facts, like fun facts, and it says, do males and females see color differently? So we don't really see eye to eye. According to research, females are better at discriminating among colors, while men excel at tracking fast moving objects. This is the reason why I don't like driving. This is exactly why I don't like driving, because driving gives me a high amount of anxiety because I have to pay attention to so much. But Show me something I like and I can tell the difference, right? I watch this new show on Netflix. Is it cake? I'd be checking out those cakes and guessing correctly. <laughs> but yeah, so men and women see color differently. Apparently, our eyes are more sensitive to color. I'm I'm with it. I'm okay with that. We're all, so we're I think all it's kind of cool. Detail. We're also more detail oriented. Yeah, I think it's kind of cool. This also um, comes back to the show. I don't remember which show. One of our game shows where we asked, oh, we asked about our stereotypes. And I, you know, I had a point with my issue with women drivers, ladies. I, I don't remember that because it was never in our show. <laughs> I, I have to admit, I started Outtakes. learning to drive Yikes. late. And because of it, I don't enjoy driving. All right. Well, you know what? I'm a decent driver. I've had a couple of little faux pas here and uh, there, but <laughs> blame it on the fast moving objects. So I have Keep some other. I have some other fun facts. Men typically have thicker skin, about 25% thicker skin than women. They have a higher density of protein, uh, protein collagen. Whatever. Oh, wait, they yeah. le legitimately have thicker skin, right? Yeah. yeah. That's why these motherfuckers age. And they don't age as fast as women age, right? Like when men, like they just don't like wrinkle up as quickly as us because our skin is thinner. It's that that would also explain their ability to hide um, their um, fat better, like the subcutaneous fat. The Fuck uh, their fat. What do you what do you call that? The um, cellulite. The cellulite. cellulite. Yes. They don't they don't have those issues. They don't have those issues. Fuck I'm sure fat. a lot of testosterone, a lot of things in there, all. All, all well, another fun fact is the the difference in density goes beyond skin deep. Usually men have denser, stronger bones, tenders, and ligaments than women, but they can't they give have, birth. So fuck they it. They also have denser brains. You know <laughs> I, mean? I didn't say all that. You said all that. I didn't say all that. I didn't say all that. Um, okay, here's another fun fact, and I think I know why. Between the ages of 14 to 51, women typically need more iron than men. Well, yeah, we menstruate. Y'all don't menstruate. So yeah, you're not losing yeah. blood on a monthly basis. On average, men typically have more muscle mass than women. Fine, yeah. who cares? It's expected. Know that. Uh, the second longest finger for women is next to their thumb, the index finger. But the men, it's the opposite. Usually their ring finger next to their pinky are longer than their index finger. That's because they, you know really why? <laughs> you know why? Because they need a longer way to get married to slip the ring on, right? So I they're just like, flipped us the bird. <laughs> Two birds. <laughs> One for each of you. I love you. Not for us. There's, oh, and there's a difference in the way our brain is structured, how we process information and interact with chemicals, chemical signals. So, for example, men have more information containing gray matter, whatever. But women have more white matter, which connects different different parts of the brain. Women also have bigger memory centers than men. I totally believe that 100%. I have a fantastic right. brain. This is why men never remember their lies and basically <laughs> tell on themselves. Exactly. So a woman's, I don't even know how to say this word. Again, detail-oriented. <laughs> 
<laughs> so men are more likely to be night owls, but women function better during periods of sleep deprivation. Yo, we're what? created. No, to, no because so, you know why? Because we get sleep. up and take care of kids when they cry because we have the mouth. We have no choice. Right? Yeah. Right. I have a during lot of access- sleep deprivation and I don't have children and I, I don't function, do well function better than, than others do. Yeah. I, I, I don't agree function- with that. Well, without sleep. Well, without sleep. Either. I'm not saying function well. I'm just saying better than other people who might be <laughs> sleep deprived and try to. Function. So, men, women, subpar for years. <laughs> women burn fat during exercise. Men burn carbohydrate. Carbohydrates. Who cares? That's your problem. Uh, calorie requirements is higher for men than women. Who cares? Uh, oh, okay. So, Mar, this is something you'd be interested. Men and women carry different amounts of body fat. The higher body fat in women, about 10%, mostly supports reproductive physiology. Oh, so if our body fat gets too low, we stop menstruating. So that's the tip for everybody who's trying to stop menstruating and get your body fat under. Got it. Got it. And we carry it in our hips. Mm-hmm. According to my Apple Watch, my body fat is sitting pre- not Apple Watch, my Samsung Watch. My body fat is sitting pretty at around 40%. This I don't want to talk about I don't want to talk is about that, that because remember I told 40%? you about the machine. 40% is pretty high. It's but remember high, right? Miranda made me get that machine that lies to me on a regular basis. Sweetheart, I did not so, make you get anything. Well, you encouraged me, you encouraged me you to get it. You chose to get the All smart All of a sudden, scale. you're not choosing. You right? encouraged me you to get it. And I, did I shouldn't not- talk too loud because it might hear me. <laughs> but lately, we've been in, we've been in, we've been synced. Like, I've been losing weight, which I'm happy. Go to Kenya if you want to lose weight. And so my body fat is dropped and I swear the machine is like, I swear it says, can you do it again? Because it doesn't believe that I dropped those three pounds <laughs> and it's like, do it no, again. This machine is toxic as fuck. That machine, bro. it gaslights me on a regular basis. At one point, Mr. Z hid it from me because I was on it <laughs> every that. day. And he was yep. like, no, you can only take it out once a week. And I was like, where is it? And I got really mad. I was like, it's not yours. It's not your money. Give me my thing back. <laughs> Dang, son. Yeah. Why do you got to go there? Because it's mine. It's our relationship with Chucky, the weight machine. <laughs> Chucky. Oh, you gave it the name Chucky. Shh, it's listening. <laughs> so here's something good for us. Women typically have lower blood pressure than men, regardless of race or ethnicity. I'm with it. I can attest to that. And I have a good reason for this because we need more room for our blood pressure to rise because (laughs) of men and children. So another fun fact for us, um, men are less likely to seek regular medical checkups. And when they go to the doctor, they're more likely to hide or lie about their symptoms. So let's pause there. Love my husband, but I am the master of medical appointments. I am the one who says, oh, today we're going to the doctors. And he'll look at me and say, oh, oh, okay. I am the one who controls that. Although he's very proactive, I'm the one who controls the appointments, the dentist, the vaccinations, all testing, all blood tests. I do it all. And studies show that men live longer when they're married. Because women do this thing. Because women <laughs> probably take care of the appointments. Can, My can doctor, we talk about that a little bit more? The whole about like, doing the appointments. No, about men living longer um, in marriage. Um, you, uh, I I'm know scared. The, I know the statistic, and here's the thing that I've also known over the years, and I have read this as well. It's scientifically proven. There's no added benefit to women getting married. Their lives no. do their lives do not extend longer. Only the no. men experience the benefit of added years to their life. It does not work in reverse for the women. This is amazing. This, this is, is isn't that isn't that so- interesting? <laughs> No, no, no yes, well, so it, it makes tons of sense because we just talked about how the women are usually the ones in charge of domestic chores, right? That includes Everything. cooking. 
women are more likely to have, um, you know, they're more mindful with regard to diet, at least if it's cooking for their partners. Not all women, but some women, right? Most women, I, I, I'm willing to assume. And I believe that that conscious form of wellness then is a benefit to the husband because it usually if a, if a man is on his own, he's likely going to be ordering out. He's not going to be cooking at home. If he's very uh, fitness oriented, he'll probably engage in a lot of meal prep and that sort of thing. But again, that is usually when they're on their own and they're conscious about what they're putting into their body for fitness reasons and for health reasons. As you get older and you're married and have children and so forth, uh, or if you're in a long-term committed relationship and you're with your partner, it's very likely that you're not going to concentrate as much on making your own meals in a very healthy fashion. And so women, this is just my theory. I think that women are the ones who are the who are helping to extend the lives of their husbands or boyfriends longer. And just like you said, Nisha, you're in control of the medical appointments in your family. That's yeah. the case for a lot of women. They're the ones who are ex encouraging their husbands to go see the doctor, whereas men, if they're if they leave it up to themselves, it's just like nothing's wrong, you know. And I've said this before on the show: men will work on everything else, but that before they focus on the stuff they need to, especially their careers. They will focus on their careers. They will focus on landscaping. They will focus on getting a car. They will focus on home renovations before they even think about going to see a doctor or think about going to see a therapist, talking with a professional. Oh, let's not get dived with a therapist. Like, that's just, it's just not, unfortunately, within their wheelhouse. It's like the pie, three quarters of the pie is dedicated to work. It is all about career and work. Hmm. So let me ask you a question. Is there any correlation with women living less, I mean, shorter? Yes. Than, there's Okay, so wait. So women live shorter when they're married? Yes, I'm just looking it up right now. Damn, son. I'm I know. Sorry, guys. I know. <laughs> wait, women live shorter <laughs> lives when they're yeah, married? Yeah, I, I remember reading it. I'm just reading the study now. <laughs> Yeah, oh my this is not good. This is not good. Just don't get <laughs> well, married. Well, we then. also we also experience happiness different. Uh, happiness differently. Uh, when men feel angry, they're more likely to vocalize it, while women internalize and direct the anger at themselves. I'm not directing anger at myself. I'm just know. giving you the silent treatment. Men vocalize their anger a lot more. Well, they probably like have outbursts. Yeah, they probably tantrum. Right? Like, mm. you know what I, my and theory also, is? Another theory. I think that theory? men also internalize a lot of stuff to the point where they have erratic outbursts. And that's where the tantrums come in. Uh, oh, my God. Because they're spending so much time working on their this careers really instead of their own personal <laughs> development. So. Science backs it up. Unmarried and childless women are the happiest subgroup in the population. <laughs> they are more likely to live longer than their married and child-wearing pairs. Wow. Oh, man. Oh, uh, gosh. There you have it. Womp, womp right here. <laughs> there you have it. There you have it. So if we had to give some advice for our listeners to, <laughs> with regard to women, what, what would we want them to know? Don't if you're going to get married. Don't get married. Um, That's it. Okay. Or maybe That's get it. married later in life. And don't get a smart scale. Yeah. No, no, no. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. That's really Yo. discouraging news. So, I got to so tell you. Let's just, let's just, let's just break this down. I, in my 40s, made a decision to get married to come out of the happiest subgroup. Basically, you yeah. did that to yourself. Like, nobody put it back to your head. Just like that yeah. scale. Just like the smart scale. You no, chose just, I don't want to talk about you that chose. scale. You chose These are your choices. Your choices, Nisha. Oh, gosh. Listen, I I don't this this we deviated a little bit, but I just want to say, like, really at this point, with given all the facts, right? I I want to say, yo, 
stay single, don't have kids, <laughs> move to a country where they pay you the same amount of money as men get paid, you know, check out all the colors and wear a variety of them since you can tell the difference and nobody else can. <laughs> and, you know, just live it. Live your life to the fullest, man. Enjoy. Enjoy your life. There you go. So I'm That's looking at Pew Research, That's which is a reputable American uh research center pew research center yeah. and there i'm looking at where where women are better to where could women live to have the best lives so we're gonna see Sweden. what the research Sweden, one of them? it's cold there no one's going there oh, okay. no okay. one likes that it's cold so it would appear <laughs> where women have the best lives what come on let's see so it says both men and women are dissatisfied with the state of the world. Well, at least we're on that page. So it looks like women. No, that can't be. No, no, no. So the Kill least the confident about the next generation's prospects are what? Okay, give me a second here. Let's go Where back to high Where do we want to live, Nisha? Where do I have to move? <laughs> Just get to the point. It probably is Sweden or Norway. It's no, Sweden. it's not. It's Scandinavia always wins. Always. I oh, mean, man. Ikea. Oh, South, <laughs> South Korea. No, I'm sorry. What? Mexico, Honduras, and South Korea. Y'all, I'm not mad. South Korea. I'm with South Korea. That's a lie. Anybody, There's no way. No. I'm Why looking not? at where women are significantly happier. Yo, so, do you know how much plastic surgery you can get in South happier. Korea, baby? Happier. Okay. Happier. happier. Significantly happier. So according to 38,000 interviews in 44 countries conducted by Pew Research Center for the Pew Global Attitude Survey, women uh, reported more often than men that they had made progress in their lives. So they used, uh, let's see, women's greatest satisfaction in life, seven out of the eight countries surveyed in Asia, six out of the eight nations in Latin America, all the five nations in East and Southern Africa. And in particular, women are much happier than men in Japan, India, Philippines, Pakistan, Argentina, uh, South Honduras, South Korea, and even Venezuela. Yo, we need to move. I'm not moving to Venezuela anytime soon. Are you mad? Wow. The political the situation over there. I'm is okay a with bit South sketchy, Korea, but... though. I'm okay <laughs> South, with South Korea. South Korea, I'd love to visit. Love would love to. Uh, to I be love in that their place. shows. So I'd go to Mexico. Mexico is mm. mad cheap, so we could live really good over there. <laughs> we could eat really good over there. Too. Oh my god, the food is really good. So I don't know. I mean, that's what mm. Pew Research Center shows us. So that's interesting. So on the subject of uh, menstruation periods, that sort of oh. thing, um, I would like to advise listeners to let your girlfriend nap and sleep in if she feels the need to, or girl or wife, whoever. Um, I subscribe to Reddit. I'm on uh, a couple of groups on there, and I'm part of a group. I subscribed to a group called No Stupid Questions. And mm-hmm. there was a guy who actually asked the question about whether he should let his girlfriend, who had already been napping for two hours, continue to sleep, continue to nap, given she was on her period. He got roasted in the uh, in the replies, and which is kind of the antithesis of No Stupid Questions group you you're allowed to ask stupid questions and that's totally fine so roasting him doesn't really help the situation but he was educated by others who commented and what they told him was you know women are i mean it takes a lot and they're also experiencing a great deal of um stress they are you know they're bleeding pain. they're in pain they're bloated it so hurts. Yeah, and and it can be very daunting on the body. And so all the more reason you should be um, going ahead and letting your girlfriend or your wife nap, sleep, doing whatever is necessary so that they can gain some rest. I'm sorry, what's a nap? 
asking for a mom. <laughs> I'm sending you, I sent a lady some things in the chat. For those of you who are interested, they're really good things. They come from um, an article by Aubrey Hirsch called Vox. Women are increasingly unhappy and this comic explains why. They're really, really funny. It's part of the happiness issue. Mm-hmm. And one of them says, going back to what we were saying, Scott Coltrane says, and although men's contributions have increased, women still do on the average more than twice the housework that men do, according to the leading family research. Right. And because women increasing participation in the workplace uh, has not been met with the proportion proportionally decreasing responsibility is at home. So we still doing work. Yeah. And that's why we said, that's why we said earlier, earlier. another piece of advice. If you want to have, I guess, more pleasant experiences in the bedroom, help your wife out. You know, like they always say foreplay doesn't just start in the bedroom. It starts outside of the bedroom. It's, I can't even tell you how true that rings for me. Yeah. Miranda, because I know that I was actually physically turned on by a clean house, yes. <laughs> a cooked meal, like, you know, the the go-getter, help-me-out attitude. I found a man so much more attractive when they were a true partner to me mm-hmm. as opposed to just like, you know, whatever, what he was wearing or, you know, him like coming on to me like this. This is truly attractive to a working yeah. woman. Truly yeah. attractive. And it, it doesn't have to be a big thing. Like no. it's just one little thing, you know, just one little thing doing the dishes properly Pack mm. stacking the dishwasher with the with said dishes. I know that's why I said properly. Properly. Um, yeah, because sure. I'm I'm not trying to redo dishes that you claimed you cleaned when you didn't right. clean them properly. Not even um, a bit. It's you know maybe get your get your partner a uh, an iRobot vacuum. <laughs> Okay, Lord, don't, that listen has to, been... don't listen to Mars' recommendation. <laughs> I have an iRobot. My iRobot is very disobedient. Okay, that's like... I'm just know. saying it goes a long way. I have an it iRobot does. too. It, it goes a long way. Just pressing that one button and having it go around the it's house true. to pick up Yo, all of I the little things on the one. floor. Get your wife a maid, baby. That's it. There you go. Get her a maid. Get her maid. Get her some help. And then you will have. I won't lie. I won't lie. These are conversations (laughs) that husband and I have. So when he comes home and he's like, oh, there's someone here cleaning. Yes. Too bad. Suck it up. Oh, okay. Okay, babe. Okay. You go nap. Yes. I'm going to nap. Don't complain about that because do you want to switch places with no. the cleaner to take care of the house? I don't think you do. So, you know. Not for nothing. That's when I knew I had succeeded, guys. The day that I hired somebody to clean <laughs> to my come house. And clean. I, I agree. made it. I made it. Can I just say, though, back on this? Like there's a part of me that has like some issues with getting help to clean the house. Not the getting help part. Let me tell you about the chronicles of Nisa's social justice mind and the problems that go on in her head. All right. I so I you already. I know. I go to Kenya and in Kenya, there is a maid, like somebody who does everything. Nisha is super uncomfortable with the maid. T- First of all, I'm uncomfortable with people touching my underwear. So that's one thing. That's put that aside. Why, but the why maid are they is touching going, your underwear? Where's your underwear? Because they do your laundry every day. They do it all. Ah. They do it all. And this is what they get paid for. But Nisha coming from North America was like, oh, no, there's no post-slavery shit going on here. And I would never let her touch my stuff. She actually pulled me aside and she was like, please, like it's a joy for me. I was like, no, no, I'm not oppressing you. No. <laughs> so, But that was different. But that was different because you there are no st- like. 
that there is no minimum wage or standard pricing in those societies. Yeah, There's she's not, working. The, she's working hard the, for those dollars. I know. It, but but in the no no no, but in the United Arab Emirates it's the same issue. Like everybody had help and the help happened to be, you know, people from Sri Lanka and the Philippines who are sending money back to their family and they're underpaid. They're poorly sheltered. It's abuse. I absolutely it is definitely some kind of weird thing slavery going. bullshit. And I but my my person who came and cleaned my house probably made more an hour than I did. Well, in yeah, there's so some I people, different. There are some people who do that for a living. For a living, yeah, my grandmother. Money. They made my grandmother. Money. So I did talk to uh, other Kenyan women, and they're like, "Oh no, no, that means you made it. Like if you can have help come into your house, you're good." And because we don't, they don't have the slavery, the North America slavery you know, understanding, they don't see it the same way. So eventually I let her touch my clothes and iron my stuff, but I was highly uncomfortable. So fast forward to Canada, when I have somebody come in, I'm always stuck. If you were listeners, you can help me here. I'm always stuck because I want to give my, um, my jobs to racialized folks, but then I don't want racialized folks coming to clean my house because there's a part of me that's like, no, no, I don't want you doing this. But then I don't, but then I feel like if I don't give it to racialized folks, then I'm not, so I'm in this social justice dilemma every month, every month, every month. But to my point, the people who were coming to clean my house, the woman wanted to charge me $250. And that's Whoa. where I had to draw the line. <laughs> so you see, I'm telling you, this is why I know I had it made and that I had freaking gotten somewhere in my life because yeah. that shit ain't cheap. All right. No. Anyway, I, $250 not, not paying, is a lot. Not nobody, and not nobody look, I can't. I can't speak for racialized people in other countries, but I can I can say that with regard to here, you know, in North America, there are people who are racialized that are doing this job. And sometimes it's their own business. There's nothing wrong with that. If they are choosing to do that, if they're that's making their business, good money. I'm okay with it. Yeah, well, let's be it, honest. I'm coming looking... from a woman who cleans houses for a living, right? But my the, grandmother but... and my mother both do that. But that's what I'm saying is that they're not every person who is doing the cleaning or who ha- who operates that business is doing it with an eye towards like what is fair and just with regard to race. They're doing their job because it's their business. You know, there's there's a few people who I know that do that for a living. It is their company. That's their form of entrepreneurship. So I, know. I don't think you it, can constantly look at it from the perspective of relying on people, racialized people for domestic duties. We're at a point in our society right now where people of, of many different races operate these types of home cleaning businesses and more power to them, more power to them. Guys, on that note, this has been so fun, so entertaining to air out our grievances about being women in this society and many others. Um, and I would love to hear from our listeners. You know, is there anything that you have issues with or that you want to share about being a woman or even about your perspective of women? We're open. We just want to hear from you. I also think I'd like to hear from those, you know, if you want to share your experience about, you know, what's it like? just existing like just existing in in the female zone because oftentimes people ask me if i if i had to if i could have been a male would i've been a male i'm like i don't know or you know if i could have been a different race i don't know i mean i don't think about it yeah people ask these questions all the time but at the end of the day they are weird questions but i always get weird questions in my business in my line of business but I want to hear the full female experience. So if you're in the LGBTQIA community and you want to share it, you know, I'd love to hear those stories. I'm, I have a limited scope. I'm a, you know, a cisgender, a heterosexual woman. I want to hear them all because it ain't easy. It ain't easy. I'm not saying it's easy being a male either, but man, sometimes I'm like, ladies, we got it hard. We got we it hard. We do indeed. On that note, thank you for listening, and we will be back next week with more messages.
some more messiness. <laughs> Peace, Peace, folks. Peace.